want to continue our conversation about the coaching thing. Yeah. And about just like your Aquarius North Node mm-hmm. and your style. Because I remember when we had our session, you said something that I thought was like very interesting that it was like, I see you. Dip. I was like, oh, that's a different perspective than what I see you as. And you were like, I know that my time will come and I know that I'm not you know, for everyone. Mm. And it was just like, almost like, you know, I know that my time isn't right now, but my time is going to come and I need yeah. to be patient for it. And it was so funny because I was like, I feel like your time is now. <laughs> like I was like, I don't, not yeah. that it's not going to get bigger and better and your life will continue to be beautiful and evolve. But I was like, oh, that's such an interesting thing because I see you as so whole and embodied now. I was like, mm. I, I'm not seeing the the work in progress, I guess, that you perceived, which was like super interesting. You know, when people say something and you're like, I don't perceive that about you. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny that you say that because Milana said the same thing too. When she first, like when we first got connected, she actually reached out to me. Really? Yeah. And as a projector, I was like, well, okay. So this is very interesting. Um, yeah. I think, I think one of the, one of the traumas that I always had as a child was um, I always did things years or visions ahead of people. And it was always rejected because mm-hmm. I couldn't quite like fit myself into the sphere of the group. I was never, I could never like elbow my way into it. There was just always like, it just wasn't enough space. I could see the space and I would think, oh yeah, I, I could totally fit in there. And like I try and it was just always rejected. I remember sitting in first grade and I, I'm just day, I just am a daydreamer. Mm-hmm. I was just always looking out the window. And I remember um, my mom got called to the principal's office and I was like, oh, fuck. I think I'm going to be in trouble for not paying attention in class. Mm-hmm. So come to find out, my teacher's like, hey, she's not paying attention. She really, she like does her work fast and then she just like stares off into space. I'm not really thinking that she's getting anything out of this class. So they put me in all these tests, all these things, you know comes back that I have like overactive, like an overactive brainwave. And I used to have seizures when I was a little kid. And so they were like, well, how about we skip her from the second grade and put her into third grade? So I'm in first grade. And then they just say, okay, well, you're going to go to third grade. So now, so that was like my, that was the first conscious thought of me, like jumping timelines. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I'm kind of like, trying to recalibrate as a first grader age-wise in third grade. And that was when I started getting bullied because it was just like, you're a baby. Why are you in third grade? And so ever since that point, it's like trying to get, trying to find where I fit in until I realized that I'm actually not going to be able to fit in anywhere. I'm just always going to be in timelines ahead. And that's not to say that it's good or bad. It's just a different space. It's just a different way of being. So when you, you know, when you were reflecting back to me that, you know, I'm giving off this projection of a, of an embodied feeling, I feel like it's because I've been living in in a in a future mm-hmm. version of myself currently. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And how do you rec- like reconcile that with? So we're talking about that one on one coaching, and it's like because you are so far ahead, how do you kind of like, do you feel like you have to pull mm. back to like kind of be where people are? Or yeah. are you, yeah. because <laughs> you to me, I'm like, no, I want you to say exactly where you are if you're my coach <laughs> because you're so powerful. And then like, it's almost like I rise up to that. Mm, mm-hmm. I definitely have to gauge it 
for sure. I feel like I have like an internal meter or ruler because sometimes I'll just go full gas and then I'll never hear from that person again. <laughs> I'm like, I need a muzzle, honestly. Literally. We had someone on our team was like, can I have feedback on this? And I left like a four minute voice note that was like... <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think they wanted to change the direction of their whole life after this. It's true. I mean, we were literally driving some, I even forget where we were, oh, Malibu. We were driving to um, Malibu to go hiking with the kids the other day. And Alex was like having, we were just kind of having like banter, you know, like those stretchy conversations. And I'm always the one that's like, come on, let's keep going. Let's keep going. And he's just like, why does everything have to be like a time for ascension? And I'm like, because every time is a time for ascension. What are you talking Dude. about? Dude, that is like, so fucking funny. Oh my God, I forgot I had makeup on. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, why would you not want to be anything other than yourself? Like, why would you want to have energies around you that is not you? Just so that you can be lazy because you don't want to like fight for you, fight for your sovereignty, fight for your space. He's like, I'm just trying to take a hike, man. <laughs> I literally am just trying to take a hike. <laughs> I mean, it, it's funny because after, after I said that, he was like, okay, I guess that's a good point. Love him. But it does take like effort and work. I know. And it's like, it's totally. not like the easy way. I know. <laughs> yes. It's not. It's, it's not. Just like you... We're talking about the ego death. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, huge. it's not... Um, Still hanging on. Yeah. Right. But I heard something the other day that it's like, number one, we're all here to really be an expression of God and then mm-hmm. to send data back up to the, up to the universal consciousness mind, mm. right? And so every single time we're living a life, it's to send data back up. And we have to embrace death so that we can keep sending data. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point of consciousness. It keeps on expanding. And the way that it keeps on expanding is because it has more information to eat up. It has more information to take up space. So every time we die a death every day, like Jesus said, you know, you have to die daily. It's not a physical death. It's can you soak up more transmission for the data to be sent up to, for the collective consciousness? Mm. Yep. As opposed to just like, oh, it's sad. I'm not going to be me anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There was, it's like, but the ego holds on to that, you know, the the belief of like me as something, you know, I am these things. I am these ideals. I am this person. I am, I do this, I do that, you know, and that's not, you know, that's not truth, you know, but I was thinking about with the, you know, sending up data to the consciousness. It's interesting because in history, you know, there was like a a giant leap in the age of which people died, you know, Mm. after Egyptian times. So most, but right before Egyptian times, people only lived till around 30, 35, 40. And after that was when the time span for people to live was expanded to around the potential of 100, the potential of. And, you know, in Law of One, they talk about that during that time, they were able to figure out ways and of healing through the pyramids, Mm -hmm. you know, et cetera, to allow us to live longer because they realized that when we were living to 30, 35, 40, we weren't having the amount of catalysts for growth or experiences to really make it worthwhile on earth. So they needed to expand our lifetime so we would be able to have more experiences or send more data up to consciousness. And that's something, you know, this year has been super challenging for us and for me personally, but it's like, there's just such moments of time where my soul is like, oh, but I love this. They're Mm -hmm. like, oh, I love this. Mm -hmm. Like, I love this contrast. Mm -hmm. I love this experience. Mm -hmm. Like, I love adding this to my library of things that I can talk about or things that I can live through. And that's just, 
the reminder and like the growth that I've done this year is really pointed mostly to that feeling, yes. to understanding that all is not good or bad, all is. Yes. Right. You know? Right. I mean, the wild thing is that, you know, we actually don't even need catalysts. It's mm. such a th- mm-hmm. third density type of thing. Like we can choose to evolve consciously mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. no catalyst, with no trauma, with no shame, with no pain. That's That has been my mantra this year is that I evolve with ease. Mm-hmm. Love that. I evolve yeah. with ease. Like I, I don't, I'm, I'm not, I don't really care too much for the drama. There's so much programming around that. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. to suffer, yes. to go through something in order to become this. Yeah. I love that mantra. Yeah, because, yeah. yeah and I, I even, I'm curious about your experience growing up. Mm. Like, was there that, because I know your parents were immigrants. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious like how that affected your suffering in order mm-hmm. to yes. become. Yes. So much so. I mean, that was my catalyst to come to the point where I'm saying I evolved with ease. Because my parents came to New York in the 80s and then I was born in the 90s. And I have never seen anyone work as hard as my mom. And to this day, I actually have some resentment towards mm-hmm. her for it because she chose suffering over bliss. But again, you know, that's her free will and her choice and her catalyst for the way that she needed to evolve. And so as I'm moving through my life and I look at her still choosing suffering, it's almost like I love you so much and yet I can't be around you, you know? Um, she was the first person I ever saw have a business as a black woman. Mm. She was the first black woman I ever saw that was a millionaire. But she also got to be a millionaire through sacrifice, strife, and suffering. And so that's what I thought. I thought that money equated suffering and I didn't fucking want suffering. So I didn't want money. So that's what I told my subconscious. I locked it in and I said, money, do not come close to me because I know that money equals suffering and I don't want suffering. I want happiness. Wow. And renunciation equals happiness. So I'll just renunciate every single thing that I own and I won't be human in this 3D world. I would just be, you know, a traveling monk who has like one thing in their bag. And I had to do so much healing with money. And I feel like the healing with money has been such a deep, portal for me to start healing this relationship with my mom, who I'm so grateful for to even have me, to even mirror back to me that, no, you can do what you love. You can make a lot of money, even if all these strikes are against you, you know, through the, through the eyes of society. And so I'm so grateful for that. But also it's like, I see other people making money with even more ease. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. That looks good. Mm -hmm. That looks good. I'll do that too. Because the easier it gets, the easier it gets, the easier it gets. It's like once we say yes to the ease, it just keeps on flowing in. So I know that this is such a roundabout way, but it's almost like money is healing my trauma with suffering, which I don't think a lot of people would say. They would probably say that money is the cause of their suffering. But it's not money that's the cause of their suffering. It's the lack of money that's the cause of their suffering. Money is so neutral. It, it, it Literally, it, it doesn't have anything to do with our suffering. It's God. Mm-hmm. I would just say that money is God. So when people say, 
oh, I'm really afraid to look at my bank account. I'm like, oh, so you're really afraid to look at God because everything is God. Mm -hmm. We receive it all as love anyway. So if you have an issue looking at your money or looking at whatever, then it's the issue you have with looking at the God within you. Thank you so much for tuning in to Morning Microdose by Almost 30. We hope you enjoyed waking up. As always, we encourage you to take what resonates and leave the rest. If you enjoyed this trip, tune into the full episode on the Almost 30 podcast. All episode information can be found in the show notes. Make sure to subscribe. And if this becomes a part of your morning routine, be sure to share it with a friend. We have new inspiring doses Monday through Friday. Follow us on Instagram at Morning Microdose. And follow Almost 30 at Almost 30 Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the vortex.